0: Welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. Uh, I'm excited to be reporting to you that the Paris event uh, just finished. Uh, We wrapped our our first stop of the global live tour in Paris. Um, The event went really, really well, and it was very exciting to see Future of Field Service um, come to life in uh, the in-person form. Um, so I uh, wanted to, to share um, some of the key takeaways with you all, and thought I would do uh, a solo podcast uh, this week to um, share some of the uh, big um, topics of discussion. So uh, I had four great speakers join, uh, Jean Rule, Jean-Claude, and Laurent. Um, so thanks to you all for being a part of the event. i happy to have you Um, there with me and we had uh, a great audience as well. There was a lot of discussion um, and there were some key points that came out that I want to uh, recap with you all. Um, We did record uh, some of the content and we are um, planning to make some of that available uh, in its entirety uh, in a bit. Um, But in the meantime, um, just to share some of the content from the day, I thought I would uh, just do a little recap. So I'm going to go through um, three key points that I think are very relevant uh, that came up. Um, The first is uh, the talent gap, which I'm sure is no surprise uh, to anyone because we talk about that a lot and we all know it's a very big challenge. Um, What was interesting about the conversation at the event is that um, the talent gap came up not so much in what I would say is the typical sense, which is talking about how we modernize our um, recruiting and hiring and retention processes um, to to make them more effective for today's landscape, Um, but rather how we we do need to do that. Um, But the conversation we had at the event was around how we marry that with um, different uh, strategies and tools to offset what we need to do from the labor perspective. So part of that discussion was around making sure that we have connected assets and we're leveraging, um, you know, data and insights as well as automation to ease the burden on the frontline workforce. Um, there was a huge conversation around remote service, um, and I did, uh, write an article, uh, about that specifically, um, that should be on the site that ran on Monday. And, um, the, the conversation around remote service had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, that can really be one of the key ways that we um, navigate the issues that exist with talent um, by making sure that we are um, being smart about how we Um, diagnose, um, resolve remotely when we can, but are more prepared for what we we find when we go on site. So essentially making sure that we are maximizing the utilization of the resources we do have um, by not wasting their time. Um, So so that was an important point. The other thing that came up related to this topic um, from a strategy perspective is will we need to look um, differently at how we sort of segment or categorize um, types of frontline workforce? So traditionally, you have a field technician, and they're sort of a one size fits all um, type of of person. And that's really the way the job's been built. Uh, As things change, what we talked about is, you know, do you segment that in a way where you have the technical worker who does the actual mechanical work? Um, Do you have someone who is more responsible for the the data and the insights? Someone who then is responsible for more of the relationship and the trusted advisor status? So in the future, will there be more of a need to revisit how we look at those roles and break them out into um, different aspects? So that was um, the first, I think, really big topic of discussion. The second was around the fact that we need to realize um, and I guess evangelize that service transformation needs to be viewed as business transformation. So in situations where it isn't, uh, and we had some folks that shared openly about their challenges, you know, those organizations are really seeing incremental improvement versus true innovation. because the recognition of the opportunity that service presents just isn't there. And so um, it really holds those organizations back from making the progress that they need to make. Um, So this has to do with a few things. I think the first is really leadership. Um, It's an opportunity that needs to be recognized at the top for it to get the support that it needs. Um, And we had a really big conversation that was very interesting around so how do we sell this? Right. Um, And sort of a a conversation about the historical way that, you know, a lot of companies do business, which is based heavily on short-term results. And how do we, um, you know, obviously not ignore that, but allow space to innovate and look at more of a longer term um, payback. Uh, And so, you know, I don't know that there was an easy answer that came out of this, um, but, you know, some folks did share, um, things that they've done in terms of, you know, piloting innovation in a small area of the business to prove, uh, it's, it's worth, and then look at scaling and expanding that, um, different strategies for, uh, looking at metrics that do emphasize, um, if not the opportunities that exist, the challenges that exist uh, in service that, you know, help leadership understand the need to make a change, um, things like that. But I think that, you know, really we need to be as an industry looking at how do we explain, summarize, um, and sell the service proposition as a business proposition, not a service proposition. Because I think that's something that. Companies are getting hung up on. So that was the second big area of conversation, um, and the third was around people. Um, and so, you know, obviously, we talked a lot about technology, and and we all know that technology is a very critical tool, certainly in the digital age, um, in the age of data and information. You really cannot do business today without um, making sure that you have a strong technological foundation. Um, But, you know, everyone, I think, agrees that people need to come first in everything that we do. Um, And so that is both customers as people and our customers leading the change and the innovation that we're driving. Um, And there was a good amount of discussion around that. You know, are we doing these things because we think they're what's needed or we see others doing them or are we doing these things because they are going to help our customers solve business problems. Um, so customer intimacy, um, and then, you know, the idea of change management and, um, certainly employee engagement, uh, that was a huge part of conversation related to the talent issue. Are we, you know, do our employees feel valued? Do they feel recognized? Does our, frontline workforce feel as important to our organization as other titles. Um, and so, you know, that, that perspective, um, understanding what it is that today's, um, talent wants and are we changing the way we need to, to be able to give that, you know, we talked about career paths and opportunities for growth within the business and, and a lot of those things, um, And then we had a a conversation around, you know, the interaction between customers and the frontline workforce. And if the future of service um, as we move towards servitization and outcomes depends on companies achieving that trusted advisor status, then are we treating those employees um, like the valuable knowledge workers that they are? Uh, Are we making them feel valued and empowered to build and nurture those relationships and giving them the upskilling they need to do that. Right. And revisiting the roles to see if, if, you know, it makes sense to segment um, technicians who are capable and are interested in doing those things versus those who are not. Um, so all in all uh, you know, people are, you um, still at the heart of what has very much become a technology business, Um, and I think that's something that no one in the room uh, will forget anytime soon. It was a big part of the discussion. So those are three of the main things that came out. Um, You can stay tuned. I'll certainly be doing more coverage on the content from the event, and as I said, we did record the sessions, and we do plan to um, hopefully share some of the content with you in its whole form. What we did was interview-based sessions, um, so a lot like live podcasts, um, so they would be a perfect fit to share on this platform. Um, So stay tuned for those. Uh, In the meantime, this was the first of five cities on our tour. We have London coming up on May 5th, Frankfurt on May 19th, Stockholm May 24th, and Austin, Texas on June 14th. So I would love for you to join us. Um, The feedback on the event was very positive, which made me incredibly happy. Um, And I am looking forward to great events in the upcoming cities. So if you haven't um, taken a look yet, you can find the agenda for each location and all of the information on registration by visiting the website and just looking under live tour. Um, So uh, thank you for listening and um, stay tuned for more and we hope to see you at an upcoming city soon. Visit the website at www.futureoffieldservice.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn as well as Twitter at The Future of FS. The Future of Field Service podcast is published in partnership with IFS. You can learn more at IFS.com. As always, thank you for listening.